is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. All right, so are you in? All right, let's grow. God bless you guys. Please have a seat. Thank you, band. Thank you guys for leading us in worship. As you guys know, I am on a journey myself. I'm on this journey to live better. I, uh, I, I want to live happier. I want to live stronger with more peace, live longer. I want to live life to its fullest. Uh, you know, the Bible says that Jesus came to give us life and give us life to the full. And I, and I want that. Uh, as, as, you've been, as I've been sharing with you over the past few weeks, I'm overcoming some uh, really a negative health situation that totally caught me off guard 11 weeks ago. And I'm making big changes in my life because I know this, God has big things for me. And he does for you too. We all want those big things to result in our lives. But, but in order for us to, to get to the big things, in order for us to really experience the, the big things the way that God wants them to be, we need to recognize the value of the small things. Uh, a lot of times people aren't going to see the small things that you're doing in your life, uh, but, but they are actually the things that are going to produce the big things that you really want. So in this series, what we're doing is I'm talking about four small choices that produce huge results. Now, now, when God wanted to take his people in to take possession of their long-destined destiny, uh, which was their, their, their land of promise, the promised land, he told them that in order for them to take their destiny, for them to get to where they're going to go, to take it all, which was their big thing, it was going to have to happen over time. It was going to happen little by little, they would have to make small moves and small choices. In fact, here's what God told his people. He said, little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. And, and the truth is, they took their destiny, but they did it little by little. And it's the same for us. I believe that the destinies that God has for our lives can really even be altered during this series of messages. It's all based upon this, is that the small things no one sees results in the big things we desire. I've said that for weeks, and I want you to say it aloud with me now. Come on, say this one with me. The small things that no one sees results in the big things we desire. That's what I mean of small equals big. Now, first of all, we have to have focus in our lives if we want to know what that, that big thing is. So we need to clarify that, that big goal, that, that one destination, and, and we have to narrow our focus. And when we can do that, and we all need to do that, unbelievable results can come out of our lives. And, and then you'll begin to be able to have the ability to take the small steps toward that big destination that God has for you. And when you begin to think it over in your heart, and, and it's, you're considering it, and you're speaking it over your life, what happens is is you begin to get there. Uh, the scriptures even put it this way. It says, as we, whatever we think in our hearts, we actually become. The Bible tells us the power of life and death is in the tongue. And why? It's because thoughts become words. Words become actions. Actions become habits. And, you know, it's just you become what you repeatedly do. 
You become what you repeatedly do. In fact, yesterday morning, I, was, I took the men here, here at our gathering. I had a great time yesterday morning at the breakfast. It was good. It was, it was good food, good fun, and just good fellowship. And, and, and I, I just felt so, so solid about the advancement that we made. And, and, and I led the men in an exercise on determining their focus. Really, it's a what they stand for. What was your stand? And it was exciting because when we begin to realize who we are, and where we're going, then we can repeatedly do things to get there. Now, I've encouraged all of you guys to aim high with this one thing, with this one verb. Find a one verb that describes your forward action. This is a single verb that speaks to the how as to how you're going to be moving forward. Uh, My one verb is focus. It's basically quiet the noise of the world and focus upon my one goal. And my one goal actually is tied to a single scripture. And it's what I, that's what I call our one verse. And I think everyone now, everyone should have a one verse. In fact, I just love seeing you guys text me and Facebook me and email me and, and whatever, just giving me your one verb and your one verse. And if you haven't done that yet, do that. But, but you need to aim high also with that one verse. It's, that one verse is something that drives you, that moves you forward, something that inspires you, something that, 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 that you can just create this mental picture of yourself as being very rewarding for you in the future. Uh, My one verse is this. It's it's when I stand before Jesus and Jesus looks at me. And the Bible says he's going to say this. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. And I'm going to put you in charge of many things. So come and share in your master's happiness. I love that. Don't you want to just be happy with God? Yeah, that's, that's what I look forward to. So with my one verb, which is Focus. I take small steps and I make small decisions and I make small thoughts, put them in my mind so that I move forward toward our one goal. And it starts, though, with the thoughts. It starts here. Then the thoughts become words. Words become actions and habits and habits create your destiny. Shared with you last week that if you want to change your thoughts, you can actually change your life. And I'm telling you guys, we really need to be thinking about this. I'm not going to let this one go just after one message. This is important. We really need to consider what is floating around in our mind. I mean, is it a critical spirit? Is it anger or maybe self-righteousness? Is it rebellion? Is it lust or self-hatred? Is it just jumbled thoughts that make no sense or racing thoughts that just swirl around and around taking you nowhere? Well, the truth is we need to change our thoughts. And I have this thought strategy that I use for my life. I encourage you to come up with your own thought strategy, line it up with what God's word is. But my thought strategy is this. It's my, I want my thoughts to be peaceful, positive, and productive. Peaceful. I want that. I, I, I choose to take captive every thought and to make those thoughts positive. And, and that way I'm, I'm putting down those negative, pessimistic thoughts. I just push them out. And I choose also that my thoughts be productive. I cast down the imaginations that would make it make life appear to be self-centered and all about me because that's bad. I, I, I cast down the thoughts that are thoughts of destruction. I want productive thoughts. And that's a strategy. That's something that I work on. That's actually something that I remind myself of every day. I remind myself of this multiple times during the day. Peaceful, positive, productive. My thoughts are peaceful, positive, and productive. Because where my thoughts are are actually where my words are going to come from. Now, now this, guys, is where it gets really 
serious, and quite a bit of fun. Because your words always tell on you. Do you realize that? They do. They will let everyone know what's really going on inside your mind. And they actually let people know whether you are controlling your thoughts or not. Yes, your words are truth serum. <laughs> and and so, so here, a goal for us in this is to begin to listen to ourselves and become very, very self-aware. And then you can go back and take captive some of the thoughts that are producing the words because thoughts always eventually at some point become words. Have you ever been around a person who's just really down in the mouth, you know, and they're just like, oh, go away. Especially in our new culture of, of social media where people don't even have to talk. All they have to do is, is text or type, and, and someone's always putting something out there that's ridiculous or angry or negative or pessimistic or sarcastic. Um, is that you? <laughs> Or you go to a person like that and you ask them, or you just see a person say, hey, how are you doing today? And they reply, well, I'm just doing. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> or, or, hey, how are you doing? Well, I'm here. Okay, well, uh, wow, um, you just told me where your mind is, all right? You, you see what I'm saying? When we begin to listen to ourselves and even listen to others, we can begin to see, wow, there's some progress that I can make, that I can learn from this situation. Guys, we need to take captive our negative thoughts and get a handle on our words, now, guys, there's, I have nothing, there, I have no issue or no problem with you being honest, but to be negative, pessimistic, and sarcastic? No. We need to make small changes in our words. And what we do when we do that is we begin to chart our course for the future because if you change your words, you can change your life. I'll say it again. You, if you change your words, you can change your life. If we're using our words to beat up and demean or criticize or hate, I mean, guys, that is so worthless, and it's a trap. And you might even be using these words to attack other people right in front of you, or, or possibly you're using words to attack, demean, and show hatred toward yourself. Words like, I'm such a loser, I hate everything, I'm worthless. I don't need relationships, or I'll do what I want to do, or everybody hates me, or I don't care. I hate everyone, I'm a jerk, I'm stupid. But do you realize that when you speak those things, either toward others or toward yourself, you are actually creating what you are speaking? You are. When you say things like that to others, especially to children, or even if you're in a position of authority over individuals and you say that to someone under, the author under your authority, you have the potential to bring damage. That's not a good thing. Don't damage people with your words. When, when you say things like that to other people or even about other people and maybe they can't even hear you and they don't even know you're saying it, what you're actually doing is you are reinforcing the negativity in your mind of how and why you loathe a person or a situation and truth be told, you're corrupting your own mind. When you say things like that to yourself or about yourself, you will begin to believe what you say. 
because your words originated in your thoughts. You uttered them with your lips. Now, do you realize that every time you speak, you are either reinforcing a lie from hell, which is designed to corrupt you and derail you, discourage you and frustrate you and cause you to lose all traction in your life on your forward journey, or it'll be something else. I just want to say, guys, stop destroying yourselves. I was listening to an interview just yesterday with the oldest person alive in the United States. And in this interview, they said, we want you to give us the best advice you have on how, on, on how to live a long, long life. And this old lady sitting in her chair smiled really big, big, and she said, oh, that's easy. She said, three words, don't be crabby. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Why would you want to give yourself an early death? In fact, people will run away from you if your words are negative, sarcastic, critical, and, and demeaning. I mean, I run away from people like that. I'll just like, okay, I'll slowly back away, walk away, go somewhere else. You know, your words matter. My words matter. Are you going to use them to build up or destroy? My encouragement is for you to begin today to be self-aware like never before. Actually begin to listen to what is coming out of your mouth and slow down enough to listen. Are you building other people up with your words or you're using your words to destroy yourself and others around you? Now, this gets really serious when you think about it. And as I've studied this this time, I, I, I saw some things that just, it was, it's just so black and white. You see, Satan is the one who steals, kills, and destroys, right? Don't be like that guy. Don't be his minion. Instead, build up other people with your words. Build yourself up. Build up other people. In fact, one of the reasons why we worship is because of this, and it's very powerful. That's why I'm looking forward to next Sunday evening because, and, and, and you know, worship is huge because it's, it's verbal. It's, it's, it's words. That's why we don't just come up here and, and play instrumental music and listen to nice music. That's fine, but hey, guys, you can go get that at the symphony, and it's a whole lot better. What we have here is we put in some lyrics along with it, and, and we do it right at the very beginning of the service. And we, those words that are in the songs are positive, they are affirming, they are joy-filled. They're about giving God praise. They're about honoring the Lord. And what happens as we sing those words and speak those words, it begins to shape our heart. And don't say, well, I don't know the words, because if you can read, they're on the screens. And don't say, well, I can't sing. Well, you know what? We actually have the volume set at a certain range in here. It's, it's a full kind of volume where you can sing, or you can even say the words, and nobody's going to hear you except you and God, unless you're like a screamer, you know, and that's, 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 that's a little different. But, but you know, use your, and in, in our gatherings, we use our words to honor God first. That's why the Bible calls it a sacrifice of praise. You know, a sacrifice takes effort. It takes thought. It takes planning. That's why we give the sacrifice of praise. The Bible says it's the fruit of our lips. It's using your mouth to honor God. Don't come in here and say, well, I'm just going to think of praise to God. Well, that's nice, but you're missing out on 90% of the blessing. See, what it does is it actually builds us up. It opens our hearts to God. It allows us to be able to hear what he wants to say to us. Because thoughts become words, words become actions, actions become habits, and habits become our destiny. 
And it's very, very important that you and I make the choice, and again, it's a choice to do God's work instead of the work of hell when it comes to our words. And this is the serious part of this. Is, you know, you can, I think you can agree with me that the scriptures say that Satan is all about death. You can also agree with me that God is all about life. Isn't that what the Bible says? Well, Proverbs also says this, is that the tongue has the power of life and death, the power of God and hell. So you're either going to be doing God's work or the enemy's work. So what are you going to choose? It's put before us two options. I want to choose life. Your words and my words have the power of life. And when you speak, life happens. One thing that a lot of people don't even understand is about the, the, the Hebrew language. And the Jewish people believe this, and they've always believed this. And this is the way God created it, is that they believe their language is alive, that when they speak, things happen. It literally happens. And, and, and that's why you'll even notice that sometimes in, in Hebrew writing, when they write it into English, they will strike out O in God and just G-D because they don't want the O to be there because breath might come out because they, they can't speak that. Do you understand? And there's something that I think we should all learn from that. Oh, our words have life. I want to I wanna change the life that I have. Therefore, I'm going to consider and change the words that I speak because small changes in the words I speak will make a big difference in the life that I live. Small equals big. James, uh, the brother of Jesus, he wrote something that was really quite, quite amazing. He made this point very, very clear in one of his writings. He said in James chapter 3, verse 3, he said, we can make a large horse. Now, again, we're, we're, uh, we're, good, uh, we're good Texans here, good Fort Worthians, so we understand the value of this. We make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a small bit in its mouth. That small bit moves a large horse. And of course, with all the new rain, we can say this other and this next part's important too. As a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses for it to go, even though the winds are strong. Now, here's what he says. This is all small equals big stuff. You see it? He says, in the same way, the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches and a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. I mean, how many times has a small word or a small phrase or a brief rant or an uncontrolled outburst or a verbal display of foolishness could destroy years or even a lifetime of getting things done? I, I've seen it. People have lost their jobs, they've lost their careers and even their families and because they could not control one small thing that had big consequences and that was their tongue. Because with our tongue, like you said, we either build up or we destroy. So we're going to build up. We're going to encourage. We're going to strengthen. When you walk into a conversation, make it your determination to bring life into that conversation. And ask yourself, even before you go in, am I going to speak things that are life-giving or death-producing? One thing that I've seen is consistent is that good marriages are full of good words toward one another about the marriage and about each other and even about themselves. Bad marriages, I've found consistently, have negative, pessimistic, critical, and sarcastic words going on all the time. I've seen this over and over. 
fun people, the kind of people that we all want to be around. Have you ever noticed? They're full of positive words, affirming words, encouraging words, happy words, energetic words. And I want to be that guy, don't you? There are certain people sometimes that just cause you to feel better after spending time with them. Note how they talk and be that guy. (laughs) Are there certain people that also drain you of your energy and life after you spend a little bit of time with them? Note what they are saying and don't be that guy. That's, That's really what Solomon says here. He says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Again, the two options we get to choose from. I choose to be the wise person. I want to be wise first in my thoughts and then with my words because people get healed through encouraging words. In fact, don't you think it's interesting that the scriptures tell us over and over that if we want God to heal us, then we need to get faith-charged people around us to speak prayers of healing for us. It works Our words do bring healing. Solomon also said it this way. He said the soothing tongue is the tree of life. But a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. It's interesting because the tree of life, it is the picture or the image of everything that is good. It was seen as being in the center of the Garden of Eden, the tree of life. You eat of it and you will never die. In fact, the scriptures tell us that Jesus is the tree of life. So looking at Solomon's words here, we make Jesus known through our life-giving words. How do you make Jesus known? Through your words. When we build up When we speak healing, when we pray healing, when we positively inspire people around us, that happens. You might say, but you don't know how hard of a life I've had, and I'm just not a positive person. Well, I, I know life has its tough spots, and I'm not minimizing anything tough in life, but you need to change your heart. That's last week's message. I really want you to go back to that again. And, and, and when you do that, when you change your heart, your words will begin to follow. And then intentionally get around people who speak life, who speak positive. Let it begin to rub off on you and learn from their example. None of us have this down perfect, but I think it's something we all need to aim toward. I know it'll be hard at first, but, but if you, you may even at the beginning of, of, a, of a self-analysis here, you may have to keep your lips zipped until you get it. Uh, you gotta, you know, make this your motto right here. If you can't say something helpful, delete it. <laughs> If you can't tweet something helpful, do us all a favor and get off of Twitter, all right? I mean, that is just powerful stuff. We need to become very conscious of what we're saying. Church, I'm asking you to be self-aware because it will alter your destiny. If you want to be a leader or if you are a leader, I'm telling you, pay special attention to this because self-awareness begins in our minds and continues with our mouths. What are you thinking And what are you saying? Paul puts it this way. He makes it about as clear as can be. He said, do not let any, say any, any, any what? Unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Boom, that's it. It's clear, cut and dry. I love Paul. He's just so clear about it. He leaves nothing to your imagination. But here's, he doesn't focus on the negative. He spends the rest of his time talking about how to do this. He says, but only do what is Helpful. Say helpful. 
helpful. That's what we're supposed to do with our lips, with our words. Say words that are helpful for doing what? Building others up. Okay, well, I'll build them up according to the way that I want. Actually, no, Paul says you build them up according to their needs. You're going to need to say something to them that will help them when they have a need that's going to encourage them and strengthen them. So at the very end, it says, so that it will benefit those who listen. Be self-aware. Post a guard on your mouth. If you can't say something good, say nothing. It's better to be mute than to be deadly. Instead, only say what's helpful, what builds up, what is customized for that other person's needs and what benefits the people around you that are hearing your words. And say things that are going to to help you out as well as you move forward in your life. (laughs) I did something really crazy the other day. I... I, I, I have to stand here and confess what I did. I, I went to the movies. I don't go a lot. I really don't. But, but I, I went to the movies with, with, with one of my sons, my youngest son. He wanted to see a movie. And, and it's like, yeah, I could use a break from the real world. Let's go check out. And so we went and caught this movie. And we went to go see Mall Cop 2. I know, I know, and it was perfect because I know the rest of the family would all say boo if we were going to go see it. It's like, oh, let's go. And what I loved about Mall Cop 2 is, is the power of Mall Cop, whatever the guy's name is, his words and his attitude. And, and he, just, he just kept saying, you know, I am this, I am that. And, and he's in Las Vegas, and he actually stops this, this art thief heist situation. And, and, and it was just really cool how it all wraps up. But, but it's just because he spoke it, and he believed it all through the movie. And by the end, the guy is like the hero of Las Vegas. Now, I know it's a crazy movie, but there's a lot of spiritual truth in that. Negativity, it's just self-centered. He makes it all about you. And Paul says we're supposed to make it about all the people who are listening, not us. A great way to do this is this right here. Now, this is big for American culture, but I'm serious about it. Refuse to speak your mind. I, I, know, I know people, we hear it all the time. You may say it. Well, I'm just going to tell you what I have to think. I'm just going to tell you what I think. Well, when someone starts to say that, from now on, you might want to just plug your ears. At one time, this, this happened several years ago, a long time ago, but there was this very, very negative person that I had inherited in the church that I was pastoring, and, 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 and she was just, she never had anything good to say, and it was always negative and critical, and, and it's about nonsense stuff, and it's just like, oh, here she comes again. And she walks right up to me, she says, I'm going to tell you what I think. And, and I said, Okay, um, I, here's the deal. I will listen if what you're saying is the mind of Christ. But if it's your mind, I don't want to hear what you have to think. I don't want to hear what you're thinking. The lady just stood there, and she was dumbfounded. She just totally silent. Her mouth was sealed shut. I mean, this is like five deadly seconds of silence. You know, that, that's what that feels like, hours. We're just standing there looking at each other. And, I look, and then I look at her mouth, and it's just. And then after five seconds, I thought, okay, it's time for me to break the silence. I said, hey, may God bless you. Now, I need to go now. And I walked away, and it was all over with. <laughs> Don't just say what's on your mind unless you have your mind under the control of the Spirit. And really, 
if you think something good, this is really important. We need to speak the things that we're thinking that are good. Speak praise toward other people. Speak praise toward your spouse. Speak appreciation to the guy who changes the oil in your car. Speak gratitude to the restaurant server. Speak life to anyone who will listen. Think it. Speak it. It'll change your destiny. Solomon said these words. He says, gracious words are a honeycomb. They're sweet to the soul, and they're healing to the bones. Guys, there are crushed people all around us, and I have to ask, what are we going to do with that? Are we going to give life, or are we going to give healing? So do you see what this says here? If we're going to give out gracious words, it will sweeten the soul of the other person, meaning you have the power to sweeten their soul. You have the power to sweeten their mind through your words. And you can also bring, okay, look at the rest of the Scripture, healing to their bones that is their physical body can be made better through the power of words it does happen you ever heard of anything called neuroplasticity it happens science is now agreeing with the scriptures give life tell others that you believe in them send that affirming text message make a public facebook post about someone that will totally make their day and rock their world have this pastor friend He's in another country. He pastors a large downtown church in a major city. And he's a friend of mine. We was, I was praying for him. He just kept coming to my heart all this last week. And I just prayed for him a lot and chatted a lot with him. And, and he's dealing with this situation with this very popular yet extremely negative staff member. And, and he was just going around. He was grumpy and just kind of speaking death wherever he went. You know, he was undermining it. He said, he said like he walks in the room and just all the life gets sucked out of the room. And he would, you know, like verbally challenge and, 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 and even be sarcastic with the pastor in front of others. And, and I, I told him, I said, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I've been there, though. I do understand. I know what that's like. And, and I said, the truth is, the guy needs to go. He said, yeah, but how do, how do I get rid of him? I said, he's really popular. I was like, well, <laughs> he, might be leading, he might be leading the people that God's called you to shepherd to a very bad place. And he can't stay. He can't stay. He can't lead. He said, well, what do I do? I said, here's, here's what I want you to do try this. Watch what happens. Because I've done it before and it works. I said, go into his office, his workspace. And you go in there and you pray over that office. And you speak words of life, the presence of God, the power of God, the, the, the life and joy of the Holy Spirit. And just speak that over his whole work area. When he comes back to the office, he will either adapt to that new spirit and change his heart or he'll hate it so much that he'll have to get out and he won't even know why. Last night, he texted me. He said, there's been this rapid turn of events. It worked. He, he texted me. He goes, it worked. It worked. It worked. He said, he says he's leaving. And in fact, I'm having to announce it today. I'm going to tell you guys, words have the power to invite life and joy and peace or drive out negativity if we allow it to. And don't, don't just encourage others with your words, but encourage yourself. And, and, and if, you, if you want to see it happen in your life, begin to say it. I have a plan of how my words should be used, and my strategy is this. It's strategy, substance, and sincerity. That's what I use. I want it to be a strategy. I want my words to be focused. I want to bring life into the conversation. I also want my words to have substance, not a bunch of fluff. It's, the, it's like the difference between tofu and prime rib. Yeah, they're both protein, but I want the substance of prime rib. Sorry, tofu lovers. <laughs> Finally, I want my words to be filled with sincerity. 
I don't want it to give empty words. I want them to be sincere, coming from a heart with, with a genuine love and affection toward the other person on the receiving end of those words. Sure, my words might be small, they might just be breath, but they have huge results in our lives and also in the lives of others. Because the small things no one sees result in the big things we desire. Small things, such as I will do my best to enter into God's rest. I am full of life. I choose to release joy to other people. I am filled with the love and strength of God. Christ in me is stronger than the appetites in me. God is blessing my marriage. With God's help, I will be stronger and I will be healthier. My children are growing in faith and God's hand and favor is upon them. With God's power, I will overcome. I will succeed and not fail. You see, small changes in the words that we speak bring about big changes in the life that we have. Our words have the power of life and death. And if you change your words, you can change your life. What is God saying to you today? God, you've been speaking to our hearts. Now I'm asking you to make it personal with us on the specific actions that we should take small words that we are going to change. We're going to leave here different people today. Would you just close your eyes with me for a moment and focus internally? If you're here today and you want to know this Jesus that we've been talking and singing about, you want a clean slate in your life and you want to live your life with the renewed sense of purpose, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond and If you want to be included in this closing prayer and make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Because faith is this. Faith is when we respond outwardly to what's happening inwardly. So here it is. One, God loves you so much. Two, he died for you so that you can have life. And three, everything changes today. Lift your hand if you need Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for lifting your hand. raise your hand. I want you and along with everyone else here to pray these words with me, please. Let's all pray this together. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you are the Son of God. Please forgive me of my sins. Today I give up my past and I embrace the future you have for me. In Jesus' name, 